be so Girl, you won't capture my soul to Bookie and Them Podcast. Welcome. As you all know, we kind of hold our noses and we just dive right on in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we Google search the words. The word? Oh, yeah, yeah. And how to pronounce it. So sometimes, you know, if our pronunciation is a little bit off. You can't say nothing about it because you've done it once before, so. We didn't Google research it. With that being said, uh, what's going on now? Well, um, as most people already know, Doja Cat apologizes for tweets after she canceled the show. Who? Doja Cat. Why? The rapper. Okay, so she canceled this show, her show, because you know she was like kind of she was gonna retire from music. She was said uh, she even why said she once retire? she she said she wasn't fit for it. Some people make enough money where they actually they can retire. And she, um, she, uh, on a, a Twitter, she, uh, uh, tweeted something from saying that she, cause, uh, some, uh, fans said that she was, like, uh, sorry for, like, you know, she was, like, sad cause she, she canceled the show and that she was gonna retire and Doja Cat posted that she was not sorry, but then she said she apologized for it, you know? Well, what made her feel like she, I wonder what made her feel like she wanted to retire at 20? Um, How old is she? She's 26. I mean, she said, um, if you got it like that, you know, she, uh, with it, baby, but I don't think she should. So the say so hit maker came under fire from her fans last week after, uh, she refused to meet with them or acknowledge her present, 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 presence and the country on social media following the backlash, um, Peregrine, 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 Okay. So anyway, no. And they were mad because she didn't do what? That she didn't show up, you know? And so, she uh, declaring that she was uh, quitting the music industry as it was a nightmare and told fans she was not sorry for her actions. Referring to her, her outburst on Twitter on Sunday, Doja Cat retweeted her, I'm not sorry, post and said and added, I am. I am sorry because she, she guess she like realized, oh wait, that was kind of rude to say, you know, to a fan that she said, I'm not sorry. Because, okay. you know, and so um, she also responding to her tweet, don't ask me for, you know, anything. I'm going to say it nice. She wrote, I don't can ask me for. <laughs> I can travel. I can, I, food. I can see new people. I can smile. I can make memories that I dreamed of having. I can laugh. I ain't giving a cripple crab crutch. I can support my family and my friends. I can learn about the world and I can give back to everyone because of you, fans. I do owe people, you know, stuff, and I owe a lot. The singer who was on tour in South America explained that she needed to experience the countries she's visiting more. I owe myself a lot too. I owe myself the chance to open up and be a good. So the fans were upset because she didn't go out there and, you know, talk with them and do do her little concert. Oh, she didn't, she do, didn't do her. Yeah, concert. she canceled it. Why again? Like, probably like you know. For, I put, yeah, I'm, I just, probably mental health. I made up and came in and been shipped in here today. It came today, 
So I'm in here putting on eye makeup while we Because and another podcast. and another thing that I heard that some um rapper said that she wasn't a rapper actually. She's dope. So that's what they said. But they said she wasn't considered a rapper. I'll run with that. But um, I can live with that. Yeah, but like she like since Doja Cat is called a rapper. They said that she wasn't a rapper. She wasn't considered a rapper. But I consider Doja Cat as a rapper because she got some good I consider songs. her as a but talented, I don't know. talented. I really don't know the reason why she wanted to, to retire from music because she's 26. What kind of person in the right well, mind wants to time. retire? Maybe she but it could be for some mind. mental health problems or no, anything. she just might, you know, or she just said, like, yeah. said, you know what, I'm going to retire from this because I'm not going to be... Going back and forth with but, people. But she said, I owe myself a lot, too. I owe myself the chance to open up and be a good to people. I owe myself the death of my fears that don't allow me to expand my heart. I didn't come to another country to do something I can do wherever, um, everywhere else, well, she, you know? Yeah, that would be true. pointless in a way, she stated. I came here because I knew there was something new. New people, new things, new stories to learn. I came and gave not... And I gave not enough. I need to give more because I noticed I've been taking a lot. Taking from almost everybody who's reading this. Ooh, that's Aww. deep. That's deep. Well, I hope she, I hope she um, reconsiders yeah. giving up her art. She's very talented. Yeah. Beautiful, young. I mean, she has a lot of good years of music left. So, we'll, we'll just wait and see what happens. Yeah, maybe. Whatever just... she, you know, you know. But, 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 we, but even if she does do it, we all have to respect her. Exactly. I mean, if you are a friend, you go respect her. Exactly, Mundo. But whatever she wants to do, she can do it. Because it's your world, girl. I'm not playing with you, I'm not joking. 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 Allergies just try to stop us being the greatest versions of ourselves. Allegra lasts up to six times longer than Benadryl. So trees, you won't take us down. Allegra starts working two times faster than Claritin. So dust, you won't wipe us out. And unlike Zyrtec, Allegra won't make us drowsy. So fur, you won't phase us. When allergies attack, take Allegra before your symptoms take over you. Live your greatness. Welcome back, everybody. And as we all know, the war in Ukraine still marches on. And remember yesterday, they had the big meeting about de-escalation and the Russia side said that they were going to, you know, kind of back off and, you know, let the people of Maripol, you know, let them go ahead and evacuate and all that good stuff. And like I said yesterday, how can we believe what you say when the world is seeing what you over there doing? Still bombing. Right now, at this moment, 100,000 people trapped, can't get out. Food and and water and aid, no humanitarian aid going in or out of there. Meaning people are starving to death. The people that Vladimir Putin said that he was um, getting warm clothes to and feeding um, warm, hot food. 
Then you look and you see animals running through the streets, abandoned pets. It's, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm an animal person. And just to see that is so sad, but you know, they couldn't take them with them. They had to leave them there. And it's just, it's just no type of, no, no mercy. There is just no, no, no regard for human life. No regard for, for anything or animals or anything. Just what the plan is. And the Russian army is continuing full-scale armed aggression. Sitting up there lying, saying they easing off and backing off. And like I said, bombs everywhere. Um, cities is pretty much ruins. Just ruins. Nothing but, but brick after brick, stone after stone. Rubble. A pile of rubble. But. They're scaling back. Bombing the American Red Cross building in Maripol. City blocks obliterated, just obliterated. Just warehouse, I mean the Red Red Cross warehouse is just rubble. Bombed. Hit by strikes. And the Russian army continues full-scale armed aggression. But then, there's misinformation by advisor about war to Vladimir Putin telling him, you know, the disinformation. Not telling him the truth. And I wonder if it's that if I tell the truth, what's really going on, he might come for me. As it says, I'm telling y'all, it's almost like a James Bond movie. If they go to him and say, sir, we, this is going on. You failed. You died. I mean, really? I mean, I'm not saying that's what it is, but I'm saying, is that, I mean, you never know. You just never know what's going on with with the Russian, uh, I won't say the Russian people. I'll say the people in charge of this war, the higher officials, because I'm pretty sure the, the younger people in Russia that know what's going on, it's, uh, you know, they're not in favor of it. Let's just put it like that. They are not in favor of it. And um, on that note, back in a moment with the world, according to Buki and them podcast, stay with me. Yes. Fine. The weather tech's here. WeatherTech is the ultimate protection for your vehicle. Laser-measured floor liners, no-drill mud flaps, cargo liner, bump step, seat protector, and cup phone. What about my car? WeatherTech. Welcome back, everybody. China 
locks down Shanghai, its biggest city, as Omicron fuels record surge in COVID cases. Wow. That's like... I mean, I get it why it's the biggest city because, you know, like, a lot of people be over there. But that China got millions and millions of people and... Yeah, they do, actually. You know, a lot of their people are not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, elderly and other people, but they say our vaccination uh, rates of not being vaccinated are even higher than China. Which don't make sense. Our numbers are. And China's biggest and wealthiest city, Shanghai, is shutting down amid a surge of new COVID-19 cases. The 25 million residents of China's financial capital will be locked down in two stages, starting with the eastern half which falls under the restrictions from Monday for five days. The lockdown will then shift to other to the other half of the city. Dang. Streets uh, normally bustling in the metropolis were deserted Monday as the lockdown this past Monday as the lockdown took effect and all of its 25 million residents were told to line up for COVID tests. See, that's a lot of people. Because there's a lot of people that are asymptomatic. It, it, and, it's, and that's how this they how say, it spreads. They say, you gotta take a test. People that don't know they have it, mm-hmm. but they're gonna express symptoms and get sick from it, and then the asymptomatic people. Mm-hmm. And when you mix the asymptomatic with waning boot shots and, and people unvaccinated, this is what you got. And then you get mm-hmm. different, and then there the mutations start rolling. Exactly. The two-phase lockdown is China's biggest coronavirus closure since the city of Wuhan, believed to be the origin of the pandemic, was shuttered two years ago. And not only that, I've learned that um, overpopulation, like if you have a lot of people in your population, um, it will be easier for diseases to become like That's know, true, because people are so close together. Over the weekend, residents flocked to Shanghai stores in a rush of panic buying, in a rush of panic buying, that saw shelves emptied and even some fights as shoppers loaded up their carts. There's a reason for my madness and possibly a reason for their madness. From Monday, all residents must stay home in Shanghai's Easter District, which includes its primary international airport and the financial hub. Deliveries will have to be left at checkpoints on the edge of uh, shuttered neighborhoods and only essential businesses will be permitted to open. Public transport was shut down, too. And that's in the Padong district. Under China's zero COVID strategy, aggressive city lockdowns have not been unusual, but closing down all of Shanghai at once was apparently not an option. The city is a global hub for finance and manufacturing and a major international port. So the two-phase approach is a bid by Chinese authorities to minimize the disruptions to business and world trade. The lockdown will shift from Pudong to the city's more populous western half of Puxi. Excuse my teenager. Puxy for four days in April. <laughs> Shanghai has struggled to control a surge in cases for almost a month. And uh, Nim's not la- laughing because of COVID. No, She's laughing no, I how, I pronounced, COVID. how I pronounced it. Because I didn't Google search it. <laughs> Shanghai has struggled to control a surge in Omicron cases for almost a month. 
Cases are still low by Western standards with 3,500 positive tests on Monday. But that's a record number for the city and China's locally developed vaccines have been rated less effective than those in the West. So the new wave has cast doubt on China's ability to prevent the variant from taking hold. What new wave? But you better be talking about B2. You better not be talking about another one. I'm wondering is it B3? I don't know. I've been... I'm going to find out. I got to keep digging. I'm, I got to keep digging. But so far, it's, it's just the uh, B2. But I'm like, if it's just the B2, I mean, it's floating around here. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Hey, Ayo, if Delta Cron can have two different uh, viruses, because I searched that up, maybe B2 could. You never know. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully, yeah, but, but, but you just don't, we don't know. You only get the information that, that you get. Exactly. You know. But I can get why they... They're going to tell you, you know. I can you get don't why get... they shutting down because, you know, they don't want... The you, at the end of the far. day... That's... And I can also get yeah. why people be fighting for it because, like, you like you don't know how long this is going to actually be. Like, they say it's going to be... How long did they say? Like, five weeks or, like, five days, something like that. I don't know. I forgot how much. But they say it's going to be how long, whoever, how long it was. And you don't know what's going to happen in the meantime. You get what I'm saying? True that. But in China imposes new lockdowns. Some of its neighbors are easing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Singapore was set to loosen restrictions on workplace capacity and social gatherings in the coming days. And the Philippines and Malaysia were to lift bans on foreign tourists who are fully vaccinated. So in Japan, which has been notably cautious about reopening, there was, were still no plans to welcome foreign travelers yeah. back anytime soon. Yeah. But that foreign trade, you know, because we get a lot of, like I said yesterday on the podcast, we get a lot of stuff from China. Yeah, but like, most of the stuff is from China. And but you haven't got a lockdown. Yeah, and then you got Ukraine. Which brings me to Ukraine and, well, Russia, we all know that that's out of the question. But Ukraine is dire for world hunger. You know, with that all that being said about the ports in China... So I'm trying to figure out, okay, Russia's invasion of Ukraine isn't only jeopardizing the lives of Ukraine's citizens. The war is also on track to cause a surge in several, I'm sorry, a surge in severe malnutrition and even starvation around the world. That's the grim assessment of many experts on global food security who point to how heavily the rest of the world relies on Ukraine and Russia for wheat and a slew of other essential commodities. As that supply is cut off, it will drive up food prices that are already at record levels. And at a time when the economic fallout from the pandemic has already pinched household budgets, most devastatingly in low income countries. Uh, frankly, I'm extremely worried, says Arif Hussein, chief economist, oh, sorry, chief economist at the World Food Program. People in Ukraine are in a disastrous situation and they're fighting for their lives. But this disaster is beyond borders. It is also going to hurt people thousands of miles away. To find out just how bad things could get, NPR spoke to, spoke to Hussein as well as to another prominent analyst, Joseph Glauber, a senior research fellow of the International Food, Food Policy Research Institute or the IFPR. Both Glauber and Hussein laid out some alarming scenarios, but they also pointed to concrete actions the world could take to ensure the world does not come, the, that 
the worst does not come to pass. While military conflict in Ukraine was always going to have some impact on the world's food supply, the timing of this is unnecessary, unwanted, unjustified. War couldn't have been worse. Take the cost of food. Over the last year, the prices of key commodities have jumped to their highest level since the spikes of 2008 through 2012. Back then, the strain prompted people around the world to erupt in civil unrest, particularly in the hard-hit Middle East and Northern Africa. So he says the cause of the current price crunch are manifold, but much of it has to do with reduced supply. Droughts have cut into recent harvest for wheat in North America and for soybean and corn in South America. Typhoons in Malaysia last year shrunk the crop of palm oil used for cooking, among other purposes. The upshot, uh, says Globbers, that it's not like the war in Ukraine is coming as we're flush with grain reserves and other things. Prices have been high. This is going to send them higher. The human cost has also been mounting. After decades of seeing percent of the population that is malnourished in the world decline, over the last four or five years, we've actually seen rising percentages, percentages says Glober. Hussein notes that, the current, the, that currently about 276 million people worldwide are in the midst of a hunger crisis, with 44 million of them one step away from famine. If we cannot assist them, they will die. It's that simple. There's the impact of the pandemic. I think probably the worst thing is that is this is coming during a time of COVID, says Hussein. A lot of people in many parts of the world have lost their jobs and they don't have incomes. They don't have purchasing power. Now, on top of that, they're dealing with inflation. So you're getting squeezed from both sides. Many governments, too, are less economically resilient now after two years of dipping into their Confers to soften COVID's economic blow on their citizens. People are tapped out and governments are tapped out. Um, a long list of affected products. In recent years, Ukraine and Russia have both become major, a major engine for feeding the world. In an analysis, uh, Glober and some colleagues found that the various agricultural products exported by the two countries account for about 12% of calories the world trades. Much of this is through wheat. Ukraine alone has accounts for more than 10% of the global markets, says Glauber. Add in Russia and the share jumps to more than 30%, but it doesn't end there. The two countries are also major source of grains such as corn, barley, that are mainly fed to livestock. Ukraine provides about 50% of global supply of corn, for instance, and taken together, Ukraine and Russia account for just under 30% of the world's barley supply. Another important product is sunflower oil, one of the main vegetable oils used for cooking. Two countries con contribute to about 80% of the world's supply. The two countries contribute to about 80% of the world's supply. Russia, along with Belarus, is also a... Huge source of fertilizer, providing about 15% of the world's needs. Then there's crucial stream of oil and gas exported from Russia via Ukraine. While technically these fuels don't count as food, their impact on food price is enormous. Says Hussein, with, when the price of gas goes up, everything goes up. Um, there's a range of reasons why all these commodities could dry up. The most obvious risk to Ukraine exports... Um, the most obvious risk is to the Ukraine exports. But there's good news. 
And that is that at present, most of the wheat from Ukraine's last harvest has already been shipped out of the country. Still, he says about 30% still awaits transport. And that's also the case with about 45% of corn crop. Now the ports are shut, he says. So a key question is how long will that remain the case? Another test is coming up here in April when planting for corn, barley, sunflower seeds should begin. Much of it in areas where Russia's military is currently bearing down. This summer will be another crucial period. That's when the next major wheat harvest would need to take place. Russia's planting and harvesting doesn't face the same disruptions as Ukraine and sanctions are not currently directly targeting Russia's food exports. Yet the war could cause a major disruption. And Hussein also notes that two major shipping lines have already refused to do business with Russia. If you're tainted, nobody's going to do business with you, even if it is allowed, he says. And when even just one component in the export process gets affected, the ramification can be enormous. The supply chain network is so complicated that if somebody sneezes in one place, somebody else gets a cold in another place. Back in a moment, with the World According to Book and M podcast. Stay with me. Assuming all NBA players want rings. Why do we have coasters if nobody's going to use them? It's like assuming State Farm doesn't have great rates. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Call or click to get a quote today. Welcome back to the World According to Book and M podcast. Thanks for coming back, everybody. I was just told by my 19-year-old son that He stopped at McDonald's this morning to eat and there were some police officers there eating and they were sitting at the table in front of him and he didn't think anything of it. He just kept eating. He said one of the police officers looked back at him, but he didn't think much of it. He just kept on eating. He says he get up to leave. He said, and they got their stuff up and got ready to leave. He's my son said that they started following him. And he noticed them following him. He says, so he turned around and make, made a U-turn to see if they was following him. And they turned around. And they t- rolled down the window and say, you better be careful around here. It's, da- it's dangerous around here. Dangerous for who? Black people? Black boys walking across the street to their job? Young black men, rather, walking across the street to go to work. That was a threat. And I'm going to do something about it. Back in a moment with the world according to Buki and them podcast. Stay with me. Hold on to your napkins, cheeseburger fans. DQ is taking taste buds for an all-out flavor ride with the new signature stack burger menu featuring five, yes, five, mouth-wowing cheeseburgers with 100% real seasoned beef. Like the loaded A1 Stack Burger with two amazing premium sauces. And the spicy flamethrower Stack Burger with oh hello jalapeno bacon. So tell your taste buds to buckle up and try the new DQ Signature Stack Burger menu today. Get it delivered at DQ.com. DQ, happy taste good. And I switched up and turned right to my enemy. like a seal there. The world according to Buki and them does not own any of the rights to any of the music, any of the
of the commercials or some of the sayings. Have a great night, y'all. Be safe. And pay attention to what's going on in this world. Nam said, keep believing, keep dreaming, and don't let nobody turn you around. And if you got any haters out there, let your haters be your motivators. Forget them. Forever, you know that we lost it. Yeah. Forever, ain't taking no loss. Forever, forever, forever.